Hello, everybody. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me. Um, we've just been, it's been crazy here the last couple weeks. Um, my anxiety has been bad, and my husband's work schedule has been crazy, and we have just been very unbalanced. And I wanted to take um, today's segment to talk about being unbalanced and how to kind of navigate that. Um, So that is what I'm going to be talking about today. It all kind of started for me um, halfway through COVID. I started feeling the old anxiety feelings, you know, the tightening of my chest and I can't breathe and um, I get like hot flashes and cold flashes and feel sick to my stomach and it's it's the worst feeling and I kind of laugh um, that people have called it anxiety because that's such a light and simple word for what it feels like. Um, to have this. And this is something that I've been dealing with for a long, long time. The first panic attack I can remember having was when I was eight years old. And of course, at that point in time, I didn't know what a panic attack was. But looking back as an adult, that's definitely what it was. And I've always just been um, a very emotional person. Um, as a child, I had very big emotions, and growing up, I'm just very empathic. Um, I feel things very deeply. I feel other people's pain very deeply, and I kind of take that on. Um, so I've dealt with this for a while, and there have been good times and bad times throughout all of this. It's not like my entire life has been just panic attack after panic attack because that's not how it is um but it's just kind of come in seasons and ironically I was reading a book called I think it's called um the call to write and I'm not entirely sure the author's name um I don't have it with me right now but she says something about how a woman once told her that a woman's life is measured in seasons. And that could not be more true. You know, you you have the season of childhood, and then the season of puberty, and then the season of young adulthood, and early motherhood, which is an entirely different season than later motherhood. You know, when your kids are getting to be more independent and they're out of diapers and not napping and different things like that. Um, And the anxiety comes in seasons as well. I, from the time I was pregnant with my first daughter, or my first child, who is my daughter, um, until about six months ago, I maybe had two or three panic attacks in the span of that four years. And honestly, I thought that I was cured. I thought that they had been taken away forever in the goodness of God, you know. 
but that wasn't the case and they've kind of come back and with no wonder I mean the state the world is in right now and everything like that and you know if you are worried about that as well please know that you're not alone a lot of people are struggling right now and I've been praying for everybody who's been struggling with this time so you are not alone and it is I won't say normal to feel this way because I don't think that the level of anxiety and things that I'm feeling is normal, you know. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't have a medical diagnosis. But it is normal to feel uneasy about the way things are and to feel anxious about it and um, to not really know how to navigate the world that we're living in right now. And so this season of my life right now is just, you know, a season of anxiety. As a Christian, you talk about mountains and valleys, and sometimes you're on top of the mountain and everything's great, and, you know, you've got extra money to spare, and your children are listening to you, you've got a really great homeschool schedule down, they're learning, you can see them learning, they're excited about learning, you're excited about teaching them and you know things are great between you and your husband between you and your family you know the dog doesn't pull when you're walking him and everything just seems to be going great and then other times you're in the valley you know you might not have a lot of money um you might be you know here's our budget this is what we can spend we can't spend a penny outside of this budget and you know, your kids, you might be just out of balance, out of step with your schedule, and feeling these anxious feelings, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I was talking to my friend Jack over at Daddy Homeschools about just feeling unbalanced, and talking about how we have not been on a very good schedule lately, the kids and I, with homeschooling. Um, and I am the type of person that kind of thrives on schedule and thrives on structure um, because it helps kind of mitigate those feelings of, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I should do now. I don't know what I should, you know, what will come next. Having a schedule, having structure kind of mitigates those feelings. So, feeling unstructured and out of step with our schedule has kind of just been fueling the fire um, with my anxiety. And I've kind of found myself spiraling into kind of self-preservation mode, um, kind of distancing myself from my kids, distancing myself from my husband, and kind of just going on survival mode, right? Just make it through the day, just make it through the night, then just make it through the next day. And that is a very, very difficult um, cycle. It's a very difficult cycle to break. And today, you know, after talking to Jack about this, um, you know, he kind of mentioned It's okay to not have a schedule. It's okay to not have structure, right? 
but it's very important to get outside and to be in nature and to be in something that's bigger than yourself, you know, even if that's just taking the dog on a walk, even if that's just, you know, spending a little bit of time in your yard. And so last night was not a good night for me, but today I woke up and I said, you know what, for the sake of my children, we're going to go outside today. And I got everybody ready. I got the dog ready. We got in the car. We drove to our little path that we go on. We spent an hour just exploring and just marveling. You know, I think that people get so caught up in the rat race and the day-to-day and ticking off all of the boxes that we kind of just forget to marvel and to just be, you know? And this ties into having faith like a child. You know, children are just in awe of everything. Um, My daughter, while we were walking on this path, she found a really cool stick and she ran over to me and she was so excited, like it was Christmas morning and, mommy, mommy, look at this stick that I found. And I said, wow, Charlotte, that's an amazing stick. And she said, yeah, that's, this is my special stick. It's my magic wand. And, you know, how cool is that? To just be in awe of something as simple as a stick. And so I've tried very hard today to look at the world around me through a child's eyes and to just marvel and to notice, you know, wow, those berries are so red on this bush. Wow, that's a beautiful shade of red. And oh, look, a bird's nest. And let's get really up close to it and and take pictures and see the different leaves and see how the bird, you know, no one told this bird how to make a nest, but she still knew how to do it. And she she wove all these sticks together and you know, just marveling and being in awe of the natural world around us. This is a fallen world. This is a world of sin. But it's also absolutely beautiful. And, you know, God made it that way. At the beginning of time, you know, this world was meant to be paradise, right? The Garden of Eden. And through sin, you know, through choice, I should say, free will, sin came into the world. And that sin has consequences, you know, like a rippling effect, right? So if I, you know, if I hurt my husband, and then he lashes out at my children because I hurt him, that's the rippling effect I'm talking about. I was talking to my sister who is struggling right now with, um, she's a very logical person and she has to have an answer for everything, um, and a reason why. And so she's struggling with, you know, believing without seeing. And she, one of the questions she's asked me is, well, how can you believe in a God that allows bad things to happen to good people? And my answer to that 
is, and you know, she tied this in because of my anxiety and we have some mental health issues in my family. And she said, well, if your God is so great, right? If he loves you so much, wouldn't he have just taken that away? And he could take that away, right? He's the great physician, the all-powerful healer. He can do anything, and he could take this away from me if he was so inclined, but there is a reason why he hasn't. And God did not create me with anxiety, right? It is through the consequences and the rippling effect of sin that bad things happen to good people. You know, she talked about the starving orphan in Africa, right? Three years old or four years old. Well, that little boy or girl hasn't done anything wrong. You know, they're three or four. They don't know how to do anything wrong or hurt anybody. So how is it fair that that they're starving and orphaned? And I said, you know, absolutely. No, they didn't do anything to hurt anyone. And it, it is absolutely not fair. But... God didn't just look down at them and say, oh, well, you're not worthy of my love. You're not worthy of living a good life. You're going to be starving and be orphaned. And absolutely not. That's not how God works, right? If you want to go back far enough, you know, talking about um, colonization and imperialism and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years of people coming in and in colonizing and forcing warring tribes of people to live on the same plot and selling people into slavery. And you can go back and back and back and, and track why Africa is in the state that it's in right now. You know, why there are food shortages, why there is war, why is there famine? You can, you can trace it back. And I believe, you know, if you trace every bad thing back far enough you'll eventually end up in the garden when Eve eats the apple. She's the one that introduces sin into the world, not God. And God knew that it was going to happen, but that doesn't mean that he let it happen, right? He gave us free will. And no, I don't believe that I'm struggling with anxiety because of anything that I did wrong, I often wonder if this is the cross that I have to bear and if it is this way because it brings me closer to God. You know, when I'm living my life and everything's great and I'm on top of the mountain, I I still obviously pray. I am still devout. I still go to church. You know, I still love God. But I maybe don't talk to him as often or rely on him as often as I need to. You know, same same thing with being an adult and if everything's going great in your life or whatever, you might miss calling your parents once, you know. You might miss calling them every day because you're just so busy living your life and everything's going great that you forget to call. And I don't think your parents would be upset about that, right? It, and I don't think God's upset that everything's going right in your life and you, you know, maybe forget to thank him for something or you forget to pray in the morning or at night or whatever because I think he, he's, he's happy that we're happy and he's happy that our life is going well. But 
when you're really, really struggling, right? That's the time that you lean on God the most. That is the time that you run into his embrace. That is the time where you are reliant and dependent upon him fully and utterly. You know, nobody goes to the doctor when they're feeling great, except maybe once a year for a checkup. You go to the doctor when you're feeling sick, and the doctor pays special attention to you when you're hurting, when you're sick. And I remember being in high school youth group, and my youth pastor was, we were learning about um, 1 Corinthians 12.10, for when you are weak, you are strong. And that has kind of become my life verse after my youth pastor's explanation of it. He said what this means, because it it seems contradictory, right? For when you are weak, you are strong. How can you be strong when you're weak? And you're strong when you're weak because when you're weakest, that is when you are closest to God. And God is our strength, right? He used the whole metaphor of the physician. You don't go to the doctor when you're strong. You don't go to the doctor when you're feeling great. You go when you're sick, when you're weak, when you're hurting. And I know that most of us pray harder, more often, and, you know, reach towards God the most when we're hurting and he's right there to meet us and that is why we're strongest when we're weak is because God is with us right so maybe at this point in my life you know this season that I'm living in right now maybe this is just the season that I I need a refresher I need to be closest to God and being anxious is maybe the avenue that I have to take to get close to God. I don't know, you know. I I would like to think that, you know, God wouldn't allow this to happen so that I could be closer to him because it's the worst feeling in the world, you know. But at the same time, I can't see the big picture, Right? I only have one piece of the puzzle. I am only one thread in a gigantic tapestry. And when I die and go to heaven, someday I'll be able to see the tapestry and I'll be able to see the puzzle and I'll be able to see, oh, that's why, you know, that's why I had to go through these struggles. Oh, that's why. And it'll all be clear. But for now, it's not clear And I pray every morning, you know, Lord, help me to keep my eyes fixed on you. Because in this crazy world of uncertainty and depression and anxiety and, you know, physical illness, mental illness, plague, political unrest, you, Lord, are a fixed point in the universe. You will never waver. You will never fade. So help me keep my eyes and my heart and my soul fixed upon you.
And that really does bring me comfort. So I wanted to talk about these feelings that I've been feeling and just have a minute of real talk because I think so often when you look on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, whatever social media you're on or listen to podcasts, the people talking or the pictures you're seeing or the posts you're reading, they just seem so idyllic and perfect and it's, it's hard to measure yourself up against that, right? Which is why I reached out to my friend um, because, he, you know, he just posts the most beautiful pictures. He, every word that he says is powerful in his posts and this, that, and the other. And I just felt like, wow, you know, he's got it together, right? He knows he's got a schedule down. His kids never argue. His kids always listen. <laughs> You know, they're going to be scientists and doctors someday because of their homeschool schedule. And he assured me, you know, that is not the case. He's struggling. We're all struggling. Everybody struggles, right? And so I just wanted to have a minute to to speak honestly about the struggles that we've been going through, um, why I haven't posted a podcast episode in a couple weeks Honestly, it's been because I've been in self-preservation mode, you know, and this season that we are living in right now, and, in you know, the season of winter, the season of Christmas, the, and also the season, the bigger season of, you know, physical illness and political unrest and things like that, I don't think it's wrong to retreat inwards and self-preserve as long as you are keeping God as the focus of that and you recognize when you know maybe that self-preservation is coming at a cost to your family but this winter season and Christmas season is the time to retreat into your homes, right? Light the fire, bring nature into your home, you know, with the pine trees and the pine boughs that we have around our house and wreaths and making our home beautiful. It gets dark so early and it's cozy, but it also, you know, brings with it fear and and anxiety and so retreating inwards making your inner space your home and your soul you know as light and as beautiful as you can and that's why I say to keep your eyes fixed on Christ because that is how you will make not just your home beautiful and decorated for Christmas and in a place to come together and be cozy and warm during this winter season but you're making your inner place like that too so I hope that you've kind of followed along with me and that I wasn't just rambling for 30 minutes Um, I didn't really write anything out before this podcast because I had a really good idea about what I wanted to say and 
I think it sounds more honest and natural when I'm just speaking from the heart. So I hope that you were able to kind of follow along. I wanted to take a minute to talk about being unbalanced and being unfocused and having a mental illness and what that means to be a parent, you know, because I feel like a lot of times it goes unspoken and other mothers and fathers who are struggling with mental illness need to know that they're not alone and it's not their fault and they're not failing you know God might have given you a cross for a reason and if you reach out to him he will help you carry it and it does not make you a bad mother It does not make you a bad father. It does not make you a bad spouse. Because when you're the weakest, you're strongest, right? And you're strongest because you have God. And if you, in your weakest moments, lean on him, bring him into your home, bring him into your heart and your soul and your mind... It will help tremendously. It might not take it away entirely, but it will help tremendously. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, her name's Katie. We've been friends since, oh geez, I think I was in for kindergarten, maybe? Earlier than that when we met. Um, her mom used to babysit me and my younger sister and she had two daughters too you know my Suzanne is the name of the mom um Katie and Julian are her daughters and we became very close friends we I mean I call her my sister because she's so close and I was telling her how I never wanted my children to see me being anxious, right? I I wanted to hide that away from them. I never wanted them to look back and remember mommy having panic attacks, remember mommy being anxious. And she said, well, why? And I said, well, because that's just not the type of mom that I'm, I want to be. And she said, well, that is a part of who you are. And what if your children have anxiety And they never see you cope with it. They never see you deal with it. And then they don't know how to deal with it. And mental illness, she said, is not a form of weakness. Because the people, and I can attest to this, the people who have to do battle against their own minds day in and day out are the strongest people that I have ever met. And... She said, my children need to see me struggle and fail. And also, they need to see me work through it, not give up, overcome, lean on God. You know, and I I do want to give a podcast, um, maybe next week, hopefully, about how as a mother, you're kind of a mirror and your kids, you know, you're modeling behavior for your children and that plays into this as well because you know if I if my daughter or son deals with things like this growing up I want them to be able to look back and say oh well mom did it so I can do it too right or 
mom did it, so I know that this is how she used to do it, and I can use those techniques to help me too. So if you're struggling with a mental illness, you do not need to hide it. You don't need to put it on display, you know, and and wallow 100% in front of your kids. But if you're having a bad day, if you're having a depressed day, if you're having an anxious day, if, you know, you do not need to hide that from your family, from your children, from your spouse. Because they are going to see how strong you are and they are going to see how you overcome. And that's extremely important. So I hope that everybody is getting geared up for Christmas and decorating and just retreating inwards and being with family. And I pray that in the coming weeks, our life returns, you know, to normal and becomes more balanced. And I'm going to make every effort to help that along. But I'm also not going to put pressure on myself because there's nobody that I need to impress except for God. And he loves me and created me. And he knows every bad thing that I will ever do and still chose to die for me, just like he still chose to die for you. And so that's the only person that you need to worry about impressing. And he's already impressed. So... I guess I'll just leave you with this. You are worthy. You are strong. Stronger than you know. And you're stronger than you know because you have God on your side. And he is a bottomless pool of strength and peace and love. And so if you're struggling right now, I pray for you. I ask the Lord Jesus Christ that he comes into your heart and your soul and your mind and he pours out his heavenly peace into you. I pray that he be your stronghold and your fortress. I pray that you lean on him and that he walk with you when you can walk, and that he carry you when you can't. And just know that you were ordained by him to be your child's mother or father. He ordained you to be the guardians of your children, and he created you perfectly for that role. So, I know that this episode was a little heavier than usual, and next week I want to talk about, you know, the model of motherhood and and how we are mirrors and how our children, you know, we need to model the behavior that we want our children to have as well. And hopefully I can do that next week. Um, If you want to see any more of my thoughts You can always follow me at Instagram at underscore graceful underscore chaos. 
I guess someone <laughs> or other people have had that name. Um, so that's why I had to do the underscores, but that's where I'm at. Or um, you can find me on Facebook at Emily Kirsten Mead. Or no, I changed my name. It's Emily Flanagan Mead. Yep. And please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I am wishing you all a very, very Merry Christmas season. And I'll talk to you all later. Thank mm-hmm. you.